1: They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
2: Angels. We all have them. They're our unseen guides, our companions, our teachers. And they're all around us. Sometimes, they make themselves known in the most miraculous ways. Join angel communicator, Reiki master, and QHHT hypnotherapist Christy Clemens Hoffman for stories from real people who have experienced real-life
0: angel encounters. Hi, and welcome back to Real Life Angel Encounters. In this encounter, we have the miraculous story of the aftermath of the Joplin tornado that happened in 2011. And later on, a caller calls in with an amazing angel story of her own and the beings who actually showed up and appeared to her. All right, so first we're going to talk about um, the, what became known as the Joplin Tornado, and this occurs in my home state of Missouri. If you know me at all, I am a Missouri girl through and through. You've got to show me <laughs> so that I can believe it. I am located in Kansas City, Missouri, and this story takes place close to home, or at least not too far from it. So on Sunday, May twenty second, 2011, a tornado ravaged the town of Joplin, Missouri. Uh, Joplin is a town about uh, two and a half, three hours from me here in Kansas City. The Joplin tornado, as it came to be known, rated an EF-5 on the Enhanced Fujita Tornado Intensity Scale. It lasted 38 minutes and caused 161 fatalities and more than 1,000 injuries, which made it the, the deadliest single tornado on record in the U.S. since official records were begun in 1950. The damage to the community, built structures, uh, schools, uh, infrastructure, etc. of Joplin was devastating and that damage made it the costliest tornado on record as well with losses nearly three billion dollars. I don't know anyone coming from Joplin who was not affected by this E5 tornado. So the Joplin tornado damaged 553 business structures and nearly 7,500 residential structures. Over 3,000 of those residences were heavily damaged or completely destroyed. I'm talking flattened. Whole neighborhoods were gone, at department stores, businesses. The tornado reached a maximum width of 1.6 kilometers and laid waste close to $2.8 billion worth of damage. It was absolutely devastating. And if you saw any of the footage, any of the photos from that tornado, it's amazing to even to imagine how anybody might have survived it. But yes, there were many survivors. To give a little insight into what exactly an E5 tornado is... Or especially those who are not in the United States or not in the Midwest. I mean, I think many of us have the idea that tornadoes are like what we saw in The Wizard of Oz. And yes, while that is basically a tornado, you can't even imagine the ferocity of a real-life tornado, uh, people who have been through them. And luckily, thank goodness, I have not been in a tornado because we have an excellent warning system here we have an excellent watch system in my hometown my home state and whenever there is any sign that there could be tornado activity we all take to shelters and basements so we know what to do basically so if you're not familiar with tornadoes it's hard to imagine what that is like but um, many compare it to like a very fierce hurricane it is definitely a cyclone a twister it's you know stronger than Gale force winds it is a mighty feat of nature and there is a rating system of the severity of tornadoes with an e5 tornado being the strongest tornado as measured on the enhanced Fujita scale so eF. Um, Enhanced Fujita scale, EF5 tornado in Joplin. An EF5 tornado has wind speeds equal to or greater than 201 miles per hour or 322 kilometers per hour. Um, Damage from an E5 tornado is described as incredible. And if you do see the aftermath of the uh, Joplin tornado... It's just, you can't even believe it was a a city. Damage from an E5 tornado is just devastating. In the United States, between February 1st, 2007 and 2017, there were nine confirmed EF5 tornadoes. In the United States, between February 1st, 2007 and 2017, there were 454 confirmed fatalities from EF-5 tornadoes. In the United States, between February 1st, 2007 and 2017, there were 2,246 confirmed injuries from EF-5 tornadoes. During that amount of time as well, the EF-5 tornado to cause the most injuries was on May 22nd, 2011, And injured 1,150 people in the United States between that February 1st, 2007 and 17 uh, timeframe, the year with the most EF5 tornadoes was 2011 with Six of these massive storms. The earliest tornado in world history that was rated an EF5 was on May 4th, 2007, in Greensburg, Kansas, in the United States. And in the United States between February 1st, 2007 and 2017, the deadliest E5 tornado was on, you guessed it, May 22nd, 2011 in Joplin, Missouri, and killed 158 people. The only tie I would have to this Joplin tornado is uh, from someone I met through my daughter's preschool. And this was, of course, in Kansas City, Missouri, and there was a new family showed up to that preschool. And in getting to know this family, we found out that they were, that's right, right smack dab in the middle of Joplin during that tornado. They basically hid in a closet and covered themselves as best they could. And one of the safest places is within a door frame, although there's no 100% safe place, I don't think, in a tornado. It's just absolutely devastating. Or maybe it was in a bathtub. They may have been uh, in a bathtub with something pulled over them. At any rate, they described the noise as absolutely deafening. Many people talk about the sound of a tornado sounding like a locomotive, just a train barreling through. And if you've ever been near train tracks, you know that it is a deafening sound. And this family described that sound as just beyond deafening and the experience being terrifying. I know that the little girl who came to the preschool, she was, in, uh, she was in therapy to deal with PTSD, which I can greatly imagine. And they lost everything, and I mean everything, had to begin all over in Kansas City. So, yes, a tremendous amount of devastation in the wake of this E5 tornado in Joplin. So, something amazing came of it, though. In tornadoes, there are always just seemingly bizarre and miraculous. Things that happen, Um, you can find a cow in a tree, for example, or one single blade of straw driven straight through a telephone pole, that type of thing. Maybe a house completely destroyed, except for one bookcase that miraculously contains all of the books in the correct order. (laughs) All kinds of strange things can happen in a tornado, but in the Joplin tornado there was something even more miraculous came of it, and that is the butterfly people. Now, the butterfly people were described by mostly children, and the grown-ups were sharing stories of these immediately after the tornado came through their town. People learned of this in hospital waiting rooms, in lines to collect donated food, in... uh, Meetings together that they had to examine devastation. Social workers, police, all types of officials were reporting stories of these amazing butterfly people. So this name comes from primarily the children who described these beings. One popular account, which probably made the name stick, was a was from a two and a half year old little girl who was in a car with her father when the tornado came tearing through. Now, although the vehicle was blown completely off the road and tumbled over, the two occupants within were shaken but completely unharmed. The girl would later say that butterfly people had been sitting in the car with them, and when she heard her father telling officials what had happened and when he said that they were the only two in the car, she said, "'No, Daddy.'" No, there were butterfly people in the car with us. Now, some may write this that story off as a child who was shaken, upset and traumatized and maybe invented something like this. Except that other children were reporting similar stories. So another such instance was um, a young boy riding in a truck with his father during the devastation when a car came flying through the air toward them, seemingly bearing down on a collision course uh, directly with them. And then somehow it just veered off at the last moment so that it just barely missed them. Now, the boy would later say that he had seen two very big angels hold the car back at the time and throw it to the side. And although the boy was the only one to see these mysterious figures, the father later admitted that there seemed to be no rational reason for why the car should not have directly collided with them. There is also the account of a mother and her young daughter who were also caught in the tornado in their car and managed to crawl out of the vehicle to a nearby ditch. The tornado relentlessly approached, destroying everything in its path, yet amazingly, these two were completely unscathed, and the girl supposedly said to her mother, weren't they beautiful? Didn't you see how beautiful their wings were? And when the mother told her daughter that no one else was there, the girl insisted that they indeed had been surrounded by winged angels with rainbow-colored wings just as the tornado had passed. Another account was a boy about five years old who was caught outdoors when the tornado came lumbering through. And although there was so much devastation in the area, he was completely unharmed with debris around him arranged precisely so as it just missed him. The boy would later claim that the winds roared around him and he had seen three glowing figures with butterfly wings walking toward him across the field and that wherever they stood, flying debris would bounce off to the side or disappear these three winged entities then surrounded him until the tornado passed, after which they smiled and then reportedly vanished into thin air. Now, a deputy sheriff told a similar tale of a four-year-old boy he had spoken with who was found wandering around in a field after the devastation. When he was asked where he had come from, the boy said that he had been at the St. John's Hospital when the tornado hit. But the strange thing is that this boy was completely unharmed without a single scratch, despite the fact that the hospital had been pretty much leveled with numerous casualties. When he was asked how he had gotten away and ended up in the field a full six miles from the hospital without a single scratch, The boy simply, matter of fact, stated, the angels brought me and set me down here. In another such tale, a young boy was caught outside with his father with wind so strong they ripped the father's shoes off, and yet they both came out unscathed. And the boy later said that butterfly people had been hovering around them throughout the ordeal. There are other stories like this, too, such as the Morgan family and their four children. The family lived in a mobile home in Joplin that was pretty much directly in the path of the tornado, which blew open the entire house and sucked out the parents and sent them flying out while they were still on top of their mattress like a water slide. Fortunately, no one else was injured, but they found that the littlest one was missing. After a search, they soon found him uninjured, around 20 feet away from the house, oddly wrapped up in a green rug like a burrito, although no one knows who wrapped him up or even where that carpet came from. All the child was able to remember is that he had seen a man with brown hair hovering over him. There are some other stories that are just too strange for description and maybe they're connected. So one account was given by a pastor, Wormuth, who said that something very mysterious had happened at a church that was hit by the tornado during a service. At the time, the congregation was quickly whisked off to the basement, as you do when a tornado is looming, but this did little in the face of the breathtaking destruction of, of this tornado, and the walls of the church came crashing down all the way into the basement. Several people had been pinned under all of the debris, and it was reported that six large men had suddenly appeared to lift all of the rubble off of them before saying that they had other people to dig out and left. They weren't regular rescuers because when actual rescuers arrived, they had not only seen no other people in the area, but also claimed that the collapsed walls would have been far too heavy for six men to lift. Who were these people? Were they the same guardian angels that were seemingly sent to help others? There's also the account of a 14-year-old who was in a car driving home from her brother's high school graduation when this disaster struck struck. The vehicle they were in apparently tossed um, two blocks away and amazingly, no one was hurt except Emily, who was impaled through the leg with a shard of debris and left her hospitalized. And in the months after the disaster, during her recovery, um, this girl com- claimed to have the strange ability to attract butterflies, which would flock to her and land all over her. And she said of this, quote, there will be some that I can't get to leave me alone. I look at them as my angels. I really do. I think it's more of a sign that angels were there that night. We were being watched over, unquote. There are countless tales such as these that have been passed around in the days after this disastrous tornado, and many of them taking on kind of an urban legend quality to them. And more and more stories keep coming. Nearly everyone who is there Who was there at the time heard some miraculous tale of the butterfly people, almost always told by children, and it has become such an ongoing phenomenon that a mural was painted called Butterfly Effect Dreams Take Flight. And it was commissioned to a muralist and erected in the city downtown. Um, Reports like this were in the newspapers, in the media, all over. In fact, there was an article in the St. Louis Dispatch, St. Louis being uh, perhaps the largest city in Missouri, which said, the stories about butterfly people coursed through Joplin, passing one by one and then by the many, tales describing what children reported seeing that Sunday night in May as the tornado bore down. The children said the butterfly people protected them. These stories, tales of guardian angels, could be dismissed as a child's fanciful imagination, but the stories have taken hold here. And as the months have slipped by, the adrenaline fading among them with some of the terror, the stories have assumed a new, maybe even more important role. To understand why, you have to understand that this town of 50,000 went, to, went through and what it still faces. The tornado killed 161 people. It shredded entire neighborhoods. More than 900 homes were lost. Big box stores collapsed. The destruction was complete. The landscape rendered foreign. The tornado unleashed stories about death and unlikely survival. A teenager sucked from an SUV, a toddler plucked from his mother's arms, houses that exploded in 200-mile-per-hour winds as families huddled in bathtubs and closets. For months, just about any place people gathered, the stories spilled out, including stories about the butterfly people. This story is absolutely epic, and I just love it. Now, the information that I got was from nist.gov, from sasquatchchronicles.com, factsjustforkids.com, thejoplingglobe.com, and mysteriousuniverse.org. And next up, we have Kathy calling from Illinois with an amazing story, actually, a couple of amazing stories of her own. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Christy. It's glad to be on your podcast. I am so happy to have you. We've, okay, so full disclosure, Kathy, we have been plotting this for a while. We've been talking back and forth for like, what, over a year? yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) about getting these amazing stories on this show so thank goodness this is finally coming together
1: yeah i'm happy to be here
0: (laughs) wonderful so yeah let's dig in you had an amazing story from about i don't know 25 26 years ago Uh uh-huh yeah yeah a long time ago so background on my
1: story is that um Uh, I've always been drawn to angels. um, And I don't know if that was because I had Catholic nuns teaching me in grade school. I just always felt comfortable when I talked or thought about angels. When I was a little girl in grade school, I would uh, leave a little section of the dining room seat, you know, table, a chair around the dining room table for them to sit on next to me. And talking to you earlier brought back all these little things then as I got older, I, and people knew that I loved angels. I have all of these angel ornaments. Oh. I have all these angel pins, um, yeah. have always been drawn to angels. And then I got married and then, uh, it's at least 27 years ago. I had uh, my son overdosed on drugs, which totally shocked us. Right. And he went into treatment, was doing well, doing real well, uh, Needless to say, uh, the stress level was down than it had been earlier. And so one Saturday, I am um, in the kitchen. It was springtime. I don't know the exact month. And I'm stirring up some tuna fish for (laughs) tuna fish sandwiches for us on Saturday. Standing next to the refrigerator, I remember it just like it was yesterday. And so um, I'm stirring up this tuna, right? And the male, and all of a sudden, like it kind of like kind of shocked me, jolted me, or something because i saw I saw two angels, one on my right side, one on my left, Wow, but I knew there was a third one in back of me, but they were they were r- real near me, but they were up high in back of me, like but what what got me was the huge huge wings like yeah. bigger wings than I've ever seen and I just knew the one in the third wasn't was back me I didn't get to see that one I didn't kind of like I saw their faces but kind of like from the side and it lasted only like 15 seconds and 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 then they were gone and and I wow I mean I said to myself I think that was an apparition and so I'm standing there for a while and um and I thought well you know what my guardian angels um and I've always loved my guardian angels there's a lot of angels but my guardian angels I've always loved them and I said, they just appeared to me so that they know that I know that they are there for me with my son's overdose, right wow. so that was that and and i I was not ashamed of it or I would you know some people think you're crazy, and I knew it wasn't crazy and and I told I tell a lot of people, you know so then um, and my son is doing well to this day, so I as you tell more people, then I, I found three more people that had had apparitions. Their guardian angels had appeared to them. and One was a friend of mine, and she told me, she said, if they appear again, and I told her, I don't want them to appear to me again, because I'll tell you why later on. But I said, she said, if they appear to you again, ask them their names, and they will tell you, because she had it her guardian angel appeared to her and she told me her guardian angel's name, but I don't remember it, but that so it was, I mean, I, I, I felt like it really made me feel good. I mean, I felt privileged in a sense and not a, not a proud way, I hope, but it's like just to have seen them. And I never ever thought that me just an ordinary person would have an apparition. So that, that was fine. That went on. Well, then, a year and a half later, my husband is killed in a car accident at age 49. Uh, so and then right away, Christy, right away, I knew that those angels had not appeared to me to help me deal with my son. They had appeared to me to let me know that they were there for me and will support me when my husband died, which is pretty life-changing, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. So I knew that in my heart, nobody told me that. And, um, the Mm -hmm. night he died, of course it was, um, it was very sudden. I didn't get to say goodbye or anything, but the, the night he died, I had trouble getting to sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's understandable. So that night, um, I laid there, you know, by myself and I just talked to my angels. I said, please let me to sleep because you know the wake and the burial it's all very draining and I wanted to get some sleep and I don't think this was a dream Hmm. but I mean it could have been a dream but what happened was eventually I actually felt my guardian angel rocking me to sleep in her arms Or in his or her arms. It's kind of hard to tell if they're male or female. But they they rocked me. They rocked me to sleep until I went to sleep that night. I have not ever had another one. And that's why I said before, if I had another one, I'm thinking, ooh, is there something really, really bad going to happen again that I need to know that they're there for me? I don't know. But that is my story. And... um you know, I've that's a long time ago and I remember that day like it was just an hour ago.
0: Oh, Kathy, that is a beautiful story. And you know, it's funny, the um story that was I was telling just before this of the butterfly people in mm-hmm. Joplin, um, they were also described I saw several descriptions where their wings were just huge. I cannot tell you how huge these wings were um,
1: i i I didn't see their whole body i I kind of saw like I only saw the two on each side of me, left and right, and they were up. They were about three feet hovering three feet above me, maybe oh. and um uh but, but I knew that there was one in the back of me. I didn't never see it, knew it was there. The angel was there, and then. Like I said, the wings was just the most impressive, memorable part of that whole apparition. It was, they were, and I could see like the feathers or whatever, I guess they were made out of, but they came off of their shoulders or their back so huge um, that, that I just have to say that's, the wings were the most impressive. I, it's kind of strange, but the wings were just gigantic. And uh, they had a white, they had the white gowns on. That's all, nothing fancy on the gowns, just white, white gowns, kind of just straight material. And then there was those wings.
0: And so, their yeah. faces, their hair, did you notice anything about that? Nope. Didn't notice anything
1: about the hair, their faces. Nothing was like glowing except the wings. The wings, I can't say had rhinestones on it, but they had a glow to them. Uh, The wings did. Um, But nothing about, nothing stood out about their faces, their hair, their bodies,
0: just their wings. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then what what type of feeling did you get from them being there?
1: Well, see, at that time, I felt like, oh, you know what? Thank you so much for appearing to me because I know it's difficult to deal with a son that has overdosed on drugs. So for the whole year and a half, that's how I felt. But then when my husband died, then I knew it wasn't about my son at all. It was about me losing my husband. And... Um, and then that feeling was, well, you know, you're grieving right. and you're so in so much mental pain or emotional pain that I did get much comfort from knowing that they would be there for me to take me through everything you have to go through when you're alone again, you know, you're single again, you're, you're, you are in this world without your husband. And, uh, So in the beginning for the first year and a half, it was thankfulness. You know, thank you. You're going to be here to help me navigate this. Then after I lost my husband and I realized that's why they appeared to me, then it was more like a thankfulness, but more like, I need you now really badly, you know? And, uh, you know, we just lean on them. I, I talk to them all the time. Um, I call uh, my guardian angels, my special forces. I pray to them every night when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I thank them for being around, for helping me through everything. I thank, I make affirmations on what I want the next day to, if there's somebody still or if you know, somebody having trouble, I ask them to help that person out. So I talk to them all the time and always have. And as I think about it, I have since I was a little girl, you know, I guess I was maybe seven or eight when I start moving over on my chair while we're eating what we called supper and little space for them to sit by on my chair with me. Um, And why I have such a connection to my guardian angels, I really don't know that answer um, just that they've always been a big
0: part of my life. That is a beautiful story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm hearing, I keep hearing the name Serafina. Does that mean anything to you? Serafina? Serafina. Did you say? Serafina. N- n- yeah.
1: Well, that's, I know it. I mean, that's one of the, the seraphims, but I, doesn't mean I mean they did not send me their names I didn't ask Mm. I wish I had Mm. um and I and I don't know how that works like I had three of them okay I I never know I mean I've written I've read some books on angels but I don't know are we each or you know do we is it like it's a wonderful life do we get one you know do we get uh and then I thought well you know, am I, am I having three? Cause it'll take three to get me through this grieving or what's up, you know? <laughs> so really? I don't know that answer.
0: Well, um, we usually have one, but we can have more than one. And sometimes they do kind of work together, speak together as a group with one voice, with one present, mm-hmm. but it's actually mm-hmm. a collective but i've just mm-hmm. keep hearing this name so strongly so i'm wondering if that is connected to one of your angels one of your guardian angels there and it you know, it could be i i don't know because i did not ask them their names you know and often they don't have a name like we have names sometimes they they just say well if you have to call us something you can call us yeah right so Um, Very interesting, but I love how you keep talking to them. I love the story of being a little girl and saving them a space. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, always, I don't know the name of that, that painting, but there is a painting with the guardian angel following a little girl. She's kind of hovering over her that uh, came to mind, except I wasn't the little girl, but it was the same kind of feeling of protection Mm-hmm. I felt I felt and then as I imagined that little girl as a guardian angel was protecting her I think she was walking through the woods or something but um yeah, yeah that that is my story and um um I just after I talked to you I remembered because we're talking 26 years ago 27 mm-hmm. but I remembered then that my I had felt uh, and I don't think I've ever told anybody that, that that my guardian angel rocked me to sleep that first night what? when my husband died. Yeah. And, uh, and I did go to sleep that night and slept all night, but um, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting to also mention that because yes. And other than this, I, I have never, I mean, I haven't even felt them around, you know, I don't think, you know, when I... Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they're with yeah. us all the time, but it's not really only during certain times, I think, that they can make their presence known because we do have to be allowed to have our free will. And, mm-hmm. um, but the times that they do make their presence known, oh, my gosh. So well, Now, they- whenever I make tuna salad with tuna <laughs> fish, you know...
1: <laughs> which isn't that often it's supposed to have a lot of mercury in it. But every time I do, I think uh, I relate that to tuna because that's what I was doing. I, I had a, a, an apparition or my guardian angels appearing to me was the very last thing on my mind. I was making tuna fish sandwiches, okay? And all of a sudden they're there. And, but now tuna fish is related to my (laughs) (laughs) which is a long
0: stretch (laughs) Oh, I love that man that makes me hungry for a tuna fish sandwich right about now (laughs) I wonder if they were there for both purposes for your son and for your husband I don't know you know that's a very interesting question
1: Mm -hmm. because It it could be, I just know that when my husband died and it was, I mean, you know, can imagine when you get the call, but it was soon after that, that I realized it was before the burial. I, it was, it was very soon after that, that I realized now I know why they appeared to me. And And it could be for both, because like I said, having a child. Overdose on drugs is, is not that much fun.
0: No, it's
1: not. And, and I did have that feeling of support by them for that year and a half, because that's all I knew. And then when my husband died, then I knew that's why they had appeared to me, to give me the strength to go through and grieve well so that I would actually be truly happy again, because that's the only way that happens. But, uh, yeah, it could be, Christy, that they were there for both because I did get the support with my son. Right. But then after my husband died, then I got that support, too. So maybe I was thinking about it wrong,
0: too. You never know.
1: Well, really, I, I got support for both. I did.
0: Yes. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, And I yeah. think that, you know, they're just um, just a thought away. When they know when they, when they, when we, when we need them most and then they'll come around. Yeah. Yeah. That is such. Yeah. So like if they appear to me again, Christy, I mean, I would
1: love them to appear to me again. I would ask them if they have a name and all that. But in the back of my mind, because a year and a half after that, my husband died. I don't know if I want it to happen either. I
0: understand yeah. how you feel. <laughs> so wait a minute. This is never good when you show up. (laughs) But you know, but the the relationship is
1: always good. My relationship with them is always good and it's daily, Yeah, you know, sometimes more than once, but it's always when I go to sleep at night and sometimes when I just have a problem that I don't know what to do with, I just tell them, I tell I say them because I feel like I have three guardian angels. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if I'm down to one, maybe, you know, they're not overworked. It's enough for one. <laughs> but at that time, evidently, I needed three. You needed that. <laughs> but I always, yeah, I needed. they needed that. Yeah, like that, my main one. And I think that was the one in the back. I don't know why I felt that, but I felt that. But the other two guys, two on each side that were helping the guardian angel, um, uh, I I just, anyway, whenever I have a problem, I just, I just give it to that, to my guardian angel. And I tell them, you work out what is best for everybody. That's how I say it. And that, that is a wonderful thing to have, you know. Because mm-hmm. it's like a counselor, kind of having a counselor available 24 seven, you oh, know,
0: absolutely
1: to take care yeah. of whatever
0: you need.
1: Yeah. And to trust him that much. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it doesn't work out the way I want. But in my mind, I say, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. That mm-hmm. was the way it's supposed to be. So then that
0: takes away some of the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't know everything. Sometimes we do need things to work out a certain way for us to be able to work through our issues. Or sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we think we know what we want an outcome to be, but we find out that something else is exactly what we need. Exactly.
1: And we don't know it at the time. No. Mm hmm. Oh, well, that reminds me of Doris Garth Brooks' song, Thank You for Unanswered Prayers. I mean, oh, it's so true. Right. right. Yeah, it's so true.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they know. They know what we need. Yeah. Kathy, thank you so much for sharing. Well, my pleasure, Christy. an amazing story. I hope it gives comfort to others. I'm sure it will. I hope it does, too. I I think every,
1: every, I know everybody has a guardian angel and um, I call them my special forces because it might be three yet. I don't know, but just to have somebody to talk to in your brain every day when you don't want to tell anybody else, you know, that's really a nice thing to have.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing that amazing story. You're welcome.
2: Special thank you to James Wheeler for the original music and Cassandra Harold for the voiceovers. Please subscribe and follow wherever you're listening now. And be sure to tell your friends. The more people know about this podcast, the more great story submissions we get. Submit your own real life angel encounters to angelencounterspodcast at gmail.com. Want to know what your angels and loved ones have to tell you? Schedule an appointment with Christy at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.